Well, if you guys would help me welcome, we've got Eric and Miranda. Come on down, you guys. They're going to be sharing. Amen. Awesome, and, and some extras. <laughs> I love extras. That makes them extra special. I'll just grab the, the mics there. Thank you. So we've got Eric and Miranda. They come every year, but, um, you know, one of the reasons why is because we're connected to them. It was, uh, I believe, 2001 when we came to Samara. The f um, I came the first time, and we established the House of Prayer there in Samara. Wow, that's really hot. Hot, hot mic. Um, but it was 2001 we went and um, had a school there, and we also got to establish a house of prayer, and I went, and um, another guy from our church went, and we were able to take a, a, I took an acoustic guitar, and he brought a bass guitar, and we did worship to all the different churches and the house churches that we went to, and then the last service we did was the house of prayer dedication, and we were able to just sew those two instruments, just say, here you go, I'm not taking them back to America, so... It was amazing, and from that, after that trip, we realized that we need to be a part of touching the nations, and we need to touch Russia, and so even though we don't have full-time missionaries from this house, we've been supporting them financially ever since, and then we've also been supporting them through people going to now Kalmykia and all of the amazing things that's going on right there, and so I'm not going to take up any more time, but I'm going to hand it over to Erica and uh, let's give him a welcome one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Do I need what? No. Oh, I, I don't know. It's good though. I can use this. Good morning, everyone. Man, it's a great privilege for us to be here this morning. Uh, thank you for the worship and, and just enjoying God's presence together. Uh, I think sometimes we forget the privilege we have to know the living God to hear his voice and to, to be called the children of the living God. And uh, thank you for sharing that with us this morning. We really appreciate it. And it's really great to be here. Um, we are always excited when we come and wonder what's God going to do this time and what is God going to say. So thank you so much and thank you for your warm welcome too. And, and just for us to share what God has been doing this last year um, about the house of prayer, by the way, we don't have a picture of that, uh, but it's going very well, and God's really doing something amazing through the house of prayer. Uh, they have now a lot of hours a week where there's about 12 churches now joining it and together just doing sessions and praying and interceding for the nations and for Russia, and we're just amazed about what God is doing. So the seed has been sown, but it's growing and bearing fruit. So thank you for that. We still use the guitar and the bass guitar until today. So it's amazing. Thank you. Okay, so I just want to um, share. And I think I put it on, but maybe I didn't. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but um, last year when we were here, we were sharing about our big conference that was coming up where we were bringing our teams from different countries together. And here's a picture of the last day. Uh, we had a just over 80 people joining us from Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, Mongolia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Latvia. And uh, it was just amazing to have our leaders of the different ministries in those countries together. 
We know them all personally very well, but they don't know one another. And remember, we, we also shared and asked you to pray specifically for the relationship between Russia and Ukraine, because we had our team from Ukraine and from Russia together. And we really trusted the Lord that he would do something special. We prayed so long, and many people prayed with us for that. So the very last day, um, it, it was going very well. God did, just did amazing things in the conference, really stirring the people's hearts to go and mobilize the churches, reaching the least reach, hearing what God's doing in the nations. But the last day when we prayed for all the specific countries, and we had them all standing around and calling forth every country and praying over them. I just had the sense on my heart, Russia needs to pray for Ukraine. But I spoke to one of our team members, and, and they felt a little overwhelmed. And they said, no, you go. And I'm thinking, but I'm not Russian. So it would just not be the same. Uh, and so I turned around, and there was one of the pastors from Parham. And I, I, I just felt okay, let's ask him if he has it on his heart. And I, I went to him and said, Guy, don't you want to just bless Ukraine, pray from Russia's side? And he just looked at me with big eyes. He said, oh, I just felt that in my heart. I just felt God wanted it. And I said, Sergei, go, just go. So Sergei went and he stood around and some of the Russians around Ukraine and Sergei started praying. And God did something just amazing. Uh, the Ukraine team just, no, these are, our Ukraine team are, a lot of them, very um, strict Baptist pastors. Okay, so not, not just your normal church people. Now, I, n nothing against the Baptists, but I, I just want you to understand that they didn't, like, raise their hands in worship. They don't clap. They are very, very proper Baptist men, big men. So they're standing, and this, you, this Russian team is praying over them, and, and Sergei has the microphone, and he just started to bless them from Russia and thanking them for sending missionaries into Russia many years ago. And, and these Baptist pastors started weeping. <laughs> it was just amazing to see this. They were really sobbing. They turned around, and it was just tears. And so the Russian team started crying and it, it was just such a beautiful moment and after the prayer they hugged and just after that we said okay now we will pray for Russia and the Ukrainians grabbed the microphone and they wanted to pray and there was just such a unity and a reconciliation where they understood yes politically a lot of things are happening but we serve one God and together we want to reach the nations for the Lord. And, and actually we are brothers and sisters. Why can't we pray for one another? Why can't we do this together and forget about that and serve the Lord with for his purposes? And, and so and we were just so thankful to God for doing that. And they are now friends. They're writing to one another, blessing one another. It's just amazing what God has done. So thank you for praying for that. We really appreciate that. Um, in Russia, uh, really, the team that you are supporting, Galia, Gulia, Nina, Klava, Natasha, um, Ilya, Olga, a few of them, um, just to mention the names, but Rus and in Russia, one of our team members, Galia, just really felt the Lord put the gypsies on her heart. And um, I think we shared a little bit that it just started, and, and the actually the government came to ask can you please reach the gypsies? Now, just by the way, the law in Russia changed. 
no evangelism, no sharing of Jesus in the streets. So Goliath told them, well, if, if we go, we're going to share Jesus. You understand that? And they said, we don't care. Share Jesus as much as you want. Just reach these people. Do something with them. And so Goliath and them took this opportunity and started to really reach out to these gypsies, a community. These kids have never been in school. The adults can't read and write. They don't know when they were born. They have no idea how old they are. They don't have a country. It's just this people group that are completely rejected, and, and it's a huge people group all over the world. But this year, because of Galia and the team's outreach to them, they could send more than 20 kids to school for the first time and have a, a bus picking up these kids, taking them to school, learning to read and write. The adults are learning to read and write, and, um, and now a church has started. And we're just so thankful to the Lord. We give him all the glory. He loves the nations. He loves us, and he loves the nations. So um, we also had a team from Christ Fellow uh, Nightstown, thank you, coming to, uh, to make some video recordings of some of our courses. We want Russian people to speak in Russian and actually teach these courses, not just foreigners and then we dub it, but really for them to take ownership of this. But we didn't have the equipment, and so this church decided to send some people with video equipment, and we could record all our, our, all our courses in Russian with Russian people actually presenting it. And now it's already been distributed in Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Belarus, Ukraine, Russia. It's just amazing what God's doing through that. So it, it was really a highlight for us what happened last year. And then, of course, we've did many seminars in, in Russia, um, in Kalmykia, in, in Samara, and Taliati, and, and so on. And, and we just thank the Lord for every opportunity to sow the seed, to speak about who God is and that he has called us all to be on mission with him. Amen. Each one of us, we cannot just sit back, but there's a great purpose that we can fulfill, and we are seeing amazing things happening. Then um, we, Marin and I had the privilege of being in Israel again for a few months, uh, just serving, giving out food, ministering to some people. It was just, again, a privilege to see what God's doing in Israel. And I, I believe you're all praying for Israel, yes? So it's, it is amazing what's happening in that country. Um, it's amazing to see how many people are turning to Jesus. It is, it is actually shocking. And most of those people are Russian-speaking Jews. It's just they are desperate, and then they meet Jesus, and their lives change. And so just continue to pray for them. They are under huge attack. While we were there, there were, again, missiles being shoot into the, into the country. Just pray for Israel. But God's doing something special in that nation. Um, of course, uh, we shared about Mongolia too. We have been in Mongolia quite a few times last year. And it's just a privilege for us because we fell in love with the Mongolians. We even brought one of them today. And we wanted just to share something short. I just want to say that our team has been established. It's amazing to see these young people serving the Lord passionately. And we are so thankful uh, for every opportunity to share in their lives. So if you ever want to go to Mongolia, please. <laughs> it's an amazing country. Now, I just want to say this, that um, we had, Marin and I had this privilege. And please don't laugh. Okay, none of you are allowed to even smile about it. 
Marin and I are single, single. Okay, we've been single all our lives. But in, in Mongolia, we have this privilege of conducting marriage seminars. And it's amazing. And we say to them, but you know, we're single. And one of the guys just said, you don't have to be married to tell us what the word of God says about a marriage. And that's all we want to know. And it just, it just broke my heart. And when we shared, we saw some, some of them where husbands and wives are just praying over one another, blessing one another. There was this one woman, she just, I think they married like 13 or 14 years, has never heard her husband pray over her. He didn't know. He just didn't, uh, he didn't know. And he blessed her and he said to her, you are the wife that God gave me. And I will serve you. And she turned around and she did that. I, ju I was just weeping when I saw the reconciliation when God's word becomes truth in their lives. And so just continue to pray for Mongolia, pray for these young people, most of them first-generation Christians. So they need examples. You want to come? Be an example of what it means to serve Jesus. This is an open invitation. These are these beautiful young Mongolians that we served in the seminars. And uh, we also served in one of those tents. Um, they call it a yurta. It is amazing. It was so freezing cold outside. I thought we were going to die because of cold. But inside, you couldn't breathe. That's how hot it is. It's amazing. And so it was just uh, such a privilege to serve in Mongolia. So I'm just going to ask Olgi. She's one of our young people from Mongolia now in the States, but just to share something about that. All right. Hello. How are you all doing? So thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. So it's such a joy um, to be here. And then also, you know, God has really worked through this ministry in Mongolia. And, uh, you know, I would say in four years ago, maybe, if they said that I'd be either here or serving um, now, I wouldn't have believed you know, so, but God really works in steps, and he works, and he changes his people when they serve him, so I started serving um, through Kairos, and then with Marinda and Yerka, and then God showed me that um, all of his people, all of the nations, all of the believers are called to serve, and when we serve, we learn, and we grow, and through that experience, we're changed, and um, get one closer to becoming like Christ, and I'm really thankful for that. So thank you for supporting the ministry, and please continue to pray for us. Uh, I'm just one uh, young person, but there are a lot of us in Mongolia. So thank you. So Ogi is one of one of our first people that we had the privilege of serving with in Mongolia. But she's in the States now serving here to mobilize churches and speak about Mongolia and other countries. So uh, we trust the Lord's going to use her mightily even in this season that she's here. Uh, we also went to Serbia. God's doing something in Serbia. I was a little bit shocked when we were in Serbia to hear that Serbia, I think is how you say it. Sorry, yeah. And so um, there's only 0.6% Christians in that country. Thi uh, this is a country that's just they're not part of Europe, but they're in Europe. And most of those people have never heard of Jesus. How's that possible in the 21st century? A country that's not even in 
the Middle East or in Asia or in, in Central Asia, this is a European country, like, and they have 0.6% Christians. But the small churches that we had the privilege of, s of ministering in um, was uh, just amazed to hear that God actually wants to use them too to reach the people in their country. So please continue to pray for this country. We trust the Lord for great things. We served in many of the churches there, um, but also amongst the gypsies in, in Serbia. And we have a video clip here of some of the men worshiping together. amazing an unreached group a bunch of men getting to know jesus and then their whole lives change and they couldn't stop worshiping him it was just so beautiful and uh, just the privilege of ministering to them was really amazing kyrgyzstan it's going very well with our team in kyrgyzstan we were there just now kyrgyzstan is going through major changes it's becoming a radical islam country uh, turkey has just built the biggest mosque in Bishkek, in the whole of Central Asia. And they teach a lot of radical things in the mosque. And the Christians are really persecuted. It was amazing to just hear their stories. Pray for them. Pray for our brothers and sisters in those countries. They are standing strong on the word of God, but they are alone. And they are being pushed aside and persecuted, and they are excluded out of their families. And so we're just trusting God to use that churches mightily. Um, in the in Kyrgyzstan, a uh, long time ago, we told you about this imam that came to know Jesus through just worshiping Allah. And then one day suddenly came, when he stood up, he just heard himself say, Jesus is Lord. Got such a fright and all of a lot of things that happened just miraculously. He had an encounter with Jesus, gave his heart to the Lord and became a pastor of a church. He came to us and we did a course telling them that God is not only here to save you, he saved you to serve others. Uh, you are blessed to be a blessing. And so he took that and went back to his small little church through this persecution and started training some people to send out. They just sent out the first missionaries to the Kalmykian people in Kyrgyzstan who are now Muslims, they're not Buddhists anymore, and a little church of 20 people already started amongst the complete unreached people group. Isn't that just something that we can glorify God for? I mean, God is really doing something amazing, even in radical Kyrgyzstan. And so please pray for them and thank you for that. Um, I think that is my part. Etienne will share with us about the youth kairos, what God's doing to the youth, and also in India. Yes, so um, for those of you who don't remember me, it's been quite a while since I've been in New Covenant last time, uh, but my name is Etienne, 
and so I've been working with Erika Ronda for the last nine years already. Um, and so um, I, I spent quite a bit of time in India and recently I've joined Erika Ronda again, traveling around with them with youth kairos, um, mobilizing young people for God's mission. And so a lot of young people have the understanding that maybe one day when I'm older, I can do something for God. And so Youth Kairos just comes in with the fresh perspective of you don't have to wait one day until you're old before you can do what God has called you to do. You can be busy um, sharing God's um, word, sharing God's love, sharing God's goodness to those around you wherever you find yourself, whether it is in school, whether it is in university, um, whether you go and work one day, uh, whether you are busy working now, uh, wherever you find yourself, um, you are supposed to be salt and light um, to the people around you. And so it's just been amazing traveling around with youth kairos and um, mobilizing young people that they can understand what it is that God has called them to do wherever they find themselves now. And so we had um, a youth kairos in the city of Parm uh, a few weeks ago, and there was just one young girl, and so God just really touched her heart for the Indians in her area. And so I have a soft spot for India in my heart, so it's quite an amazing testimony to me. Um, and so uh, in Param themselves, they have about 2,000 Indian students. So every Indian young person, their idea, ideal job is to go and be a doctor or engineering. And so the in universities in India, they fill up rather quickly. And so as soon as the universities are full, they start to look abroad. And so Russia is one of the places where a lot of Indian students go for med med medical studies or engineering studies or whatever. Um, but so they have about 2,000 Indian students in their, in their city. And so she felt, well, she can start to reach out to them. She can start sharing the love of Jesus to them. India is still a very unreached um, nation. And so uh, she immediately, she went into McDonald's and started uh, visiting with Indian people that she came across. And um, just, I think, a week after they did youth kairos, she her pastor already sent me photos of Indian students that she had invited to church who were coming along to church with her. And so it's just really amazing how God broke uh, this young uh, lady's heart for the nations already. And so she started to see opportunities in her own city. Uh, in her own situation already where she can make a difference in the nations. Uh, and so it's just been amazing. And then uh, we've also been very involved with Youth Kairos in Ukraine. It's slowly growing there. And so um, also um, raising up the young people there to understand uh, that God has a plan and a purpose for them. And so the team there is slowly growing. Um, and so we're trusting the Lord for great things there. Please pray with us uh, for this Youth Kairos movement uh, to spread and to grow quickly in all the regions that we are working in. Uh, wrong way. Uh, and then also, I during this last year, I spent about four months in India. Um, I was intern pastoring a church there, um, just taking care of the church while the South African pastor who was there at that stage had to go back to South Africa for his visa. And so uh, for quite a while, it seemed like he wasn't going to get his visa because the Indian government getting stricter and stricter with allowing uh, foreigners to come in, especially if they kind of suspect you're involved with Christian activities. Um, but fortunately, he through just an act of God, he was able to renew his visa. And so uh, the church, they're able to function again and grow. And um, yeah, we like God is really doing amazing things in that region also. Uh, and then during that time also, I spent some time in the north. God is really opening up an opportunity there. Um, so there's a bit of a mission base 
uh, who's kind of been abandoned and so it's not really functioning at the moment. So there's the opportunity of opening up a mission school uh, or a church planting school in that area. Uh, and so we're just trusting the Lord again to show us how we can get this to work and to function. Uh, and one of the amazing things is uh, they're able to host international teams there. Uh, they have all the facilities there that uh, to have international teams come and do outreach in the area. So if any of you feel uh, that you have India on your heart, then please speak to your leadership and maybe we can organize something from your church and you guys can come and be part of what God is doing in India. And um, yeah, so God is really amazing. Uh, again, the wrong way. Uh, the last thing that I just want to share, it's not going now, oh, it goes fast. Okay. Okay, the last thing is just about the audio Bible project that, we, um, that we've been talking about in different churches here in Indiana. Uh, it started out as the MySing project. We're raising money to get the MySing uh, audio Bibles uh, to the MySing people. Uh, but because of the Indian Bible Society, we didn't want to release the rights for this uh, specific project. We had to change it to the Urdu um, audio Bible project. And so the funds for that has been raised, and so we are just thankful for everyone who played a part in that, uh, contributing towards these uh, Udu bi audio Bibles, and for those who have, who have been faithfully praying uh, for this project as well. Um, it's been really amazing, and so these Bibles have been released, and they look like this. Uh, and so these are little audio, devi audio Bible devices, and so uh, with the Udu Bible on them, and they... 50 of these devices will be sent into Pakistan and India where people will be able to listen to the Bible, people who cannot read and write by themselves. And so we just want to play just a few seconds of what it sounds like uh, to you guys. Okay, so yeah, that's just a little bit of that. Thank you very much just for your prayers and for your support uh, in this project as well. We really appreciate it. And it's one we really see you guys as part of our, part of our team, uh, partnering with us and making a difference in the nations uh, wherever we get to go, wherever we get to reach out. And so Marinda's going to come and she's going to share the word with you guys. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to add something about the audio Bibles. It's really amazing. There's about 163 million people who do not have access to the Word of God simply because they cannot read and write. And, um, and now they have access because of these audio devices. I think it's the first 500 that they're actually uh, now distributing. And so, but many more can go and be distributed. So we, we just, I think they say that about 50 people's lives are touched through one device. So we just trust the Lord that many, many lives in, in Pakistan and in India will be changed for the glory of Jesus, that they will really come to know him through his word. Um, I, I just, wa we also want to just share a short word with you. Um, it's really wonderful for us to be um, with New Covenant. There's so many faces here that we recognize people who have come to Russia. Um, you are really very special to our hearts, and we thank the Lord for this church. Thank you for your prayers and your faithfulness to stand with us. It is really um, a changing Eurasia and many uh, people's lives in Eurasia. So thank you for that. We just want to share a short word. Um, the word the Lord has placed on my heart to share with you this morning is about keeping on uh, pursuing his dream, his promise. 
And I want to just um, highlight, maybe just, you know, help us to gain a few insights from Caleb's life. And so we're just going to look at Caleb's life from a passage in Numbers 32 and, um, and just look at uh, Caleb's life and draw some insights from his life and th that might encourage us to keep on pursuing God's dream uh, for our lives, to keep on pursuing his promise, um, never give, give up on his dream. So I want to just read a passage from Numbers 32, verse 6 to 13. So if you want to open that and just follow. So I'm just going to read it. It says, Moses said to the Gadites and Reubenites, should your fellow Israelites go to war while you sit here? So this was just as they were getting ready to enter the promised land. And the Gadites and the Reubenites said, oh, but Moses, can we not stay this side of the river? You know, we have conquered this land and, and we don't want our families and we, we're happy to settle on this side. And so Moses says, no, God, prom God gave us a promise of the promised land. The, this is our inheritance. We should go and take a hold of it. And so um, they didn't want to go and fight with their brothers at first. But Moses said, why do you discourage the Israelites from crossing over into the land the Lord has given them? This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land when the spies went in. After they went up to the valley of Eshkol and viewed the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. Remember the ten spies came back and said, no, we cannot do it. So they discouraged Israel. Um, they were discouraged from following God's dream. Verse 10, the Lord's anger was aroused that day and he swore with uh, this oath. Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were 20 years old or more when they came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. Not one except Caleb, son of Yefune, the Knesite, and Joshua, son of Nun, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until the whole generation of those who had done evil in his sight was gone. Just an amazing passage. And so I want to just um, highlight a few things from this passage. Firstly, what we see is that God had a plan for Israel. He had a plan for Israel and he had a plan for Caleb's life. Um, of course, the plan, we understand that God wanted to establish Israel in the promised land, give them this territory, so from where they can, can serve him, they can know him, and they can be a light to the Gentiles. If you go and read Isaiah 49, you will see that this was part of God's promise, part of his dream for Israel and for Caleb that they would settle in the land, that there they would know him and serve him and be a light to the nations. And so um, this was also God's plan for Caleb's life. But in this passage, I see several things in Caleb's life that could have stopped him from following God's dream, that could have caused him to fail, that could have forced him to say, I'm giving up on this dream. I cannot do it. This is not going to become a reality. It's not going to happen. So I want to just highlight three things, um, maybe as like reasons why Caleb could perhaps have failed. Um, praise God, he did not. But I want us to just look at this and see it. Um, you know, everything did not just fall in place for Caleb. He wasn't, you know, this lucky one, this blessed, fortunate one who everything just worked for him. And that is why he was going to get the promise. This, that is why he was going to fulfill God's dream. No, actually everything didn't just work out for him. 
He inherited God's promise, not because he was fortunate or blessed or lucky, but because he kept on pursuing the dream and the promise, even when all the odds was against him. And so um, I want to highlight three reasons just that he maybe why he could have failed, because everything did seem that was against him. The first thing I want to highlight in this portion has to do with Caleb's origin. It says, uh, it's described in this passage, it says, Caleb, the son of Yefune, the Knesset. Now, some biblical scholars looked at this, and, and um, you know, everybody doesn't agree about exactly what this means, because it, the, the Knesset were actually um, descendants of Esau. So they became the Edomites. So it seems then that Caleb or his father um, were actually born outside of the covenant people of God. But here in, uh, in Numbers 34, actually, some, somewhere along the road, at some point, they must have been absorbed into the tribe of Judah because it says in Numbers 34 verse 19, he's described um, um, Caleb the Knessite, but from the tribe of Judah. And so, um, so and actually, we, see, we know that you know, the, ten the, the, the 12 spies that went in to spy out the promised land they were actually leaders. So Caleb became a leader in the tribe of Judah, the kingly tribe. You know, this, the tribe where all the kings came from for Israel. He was part of this tribe, although maybe his father or him, you know, was born outside of the covenant, but became absorbed. So his origin may be in question. Um, if we also look at his name, um, if you, you know, look at the name, what Caleb means in Hebrew, we will observe that the name, the word Caleb in Hebrew means dog. But um, in the Middle East, in those Eastern cultures in that time, dogs were not like, you know, these wonderful pets that everybody liked. They were actually, they were outcasts. They were scavengers. They were, you know, wild. They were unwanted. So the fact that his parents called him Caleb dog might suggest that he was not part of their plan. He was unwanted, um, that he was looked down on, that he was rejected. And, um, and yet, so, so that is if we look at the word Caleb, meaning dog, but there's another perspective. If you take the word Caleb and you divide it into two separate Hebrew words, two different syllables, the first syllable can mean whole and the second syllable word can mean heart. Whole-hearted. So even though, you know, I was, I was when, I, when I read the, this and I, I studied the, the name of Caleb, I thought, isn't that amazing? Maybe his parents called him dog. Maybe many people called him dog. You know, and you know when children grow up, maybe some, you know, really taunted him, you know, this dog. But God knew that Caleb was going to follow him wholeheartedly. You know, that God gave a total different interpretation to this name. This man is going to be a man who will follow me wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter where, what his origin is. It doesn't matter where he come from. God had a plan, and God was going to fulfill his plan, and Caleb kept on pursuing that. And so, okay, so we see him. So maybe one of the reasons he could have failed was his, his origin, where he came from. Growing up maybe as a man who felt unwanted and rejected. Um. The second reason why Caleb could have failed, we see um, in Numbers 13, the story of the 12 spies going into the promised uh, land to spy out the land. 
And 10 comes back with a bad report, and 2, Joshua and Caleb, had a good report. But so we, we see in, in Numbers 13 this whole debate almost going on. So the, the, the 10 spies says, no, we cannot conquer this land. The people who live there are giants. We are just like, you know, bugs under their boots. They're going to crush us. We, we cannot enter this. And Joshua and Caleb says, no, we can do this. It says, actually, Caleb, he has this all. He says, no, we can do this. Come on, we should go up and take possession of the land for a week and certainly do it. And then the spies respond again. The other 10 says, no, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. So it's, it seems like there was this whole debate. And then there was a vote. And Caleb was a man outvoted. So not only was he maybe unwanted, uncertain origin, he was outvoted. His opinion didn't count. Nobody listened to his opinion. Nobody listened to his advice. Nobody cared about what he thought. He was outvoted. And sometimes we can feel like that. Feel like that. Uh, maybe we sometimes feel, you know, I'm not recognized. Nobody heeds my advice. I'm outvoted every time. And yet, yet, Caleb kept on pursuing God's promise, even if he was outvoted. He said, God, you made a promise. I'm going to keep on pursuing that. I'm not going to care if people recognize me, recognize my opinion, give attention to what I say. I'm going to just trust you. I'm going to keep on pursuing your promise. And then the third thing we see that could have caused Caleb to give up on the dream and the promise is, so when the ten spies came and they gave this report and persuaded Israel not to enter the promised land, God judged Israel and he said, now... You will wander in the desert for 40 years until this whole generation is dead and your children will enter. Of course, except for Joshua and Caleb. But now the amazing thing is they were obedient to the Lord. They brought a good report. They said, come on, we can do it. And yet they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years with disobedient Israel. That seems a little unfair, you know. They were faithful. Why can't they just enter? And yet God said, no, you will wander 40 years with disobedient Israel. What must have been in Caleb's heart? Maybe it could have discouraged him and said, you know, this is unfair, God. And maybe it could have caused him to, to become bitter in his heart, not trusting God's promise, not following God's dream. And yet he did not. He kept on pursuing God's promise and dream for his life. Um, you know, it seems like everything worked against Caleb. Um, he could have felt, you know, I'm unimportant. I don't have a famous heritage. I'm not wanted. I'm outvoted. Nobody listens to me. I'm walking in circles for 40 years and nothing happens. And sometimes we can feel like that. But Caleb did not become bitter. He didn't allow the circumstances of his life to make him a bitter man. He said, no. We actually read in Numbers 14, this is what God saw in Caleb's life. It says, um, uh, verse 14, verse 23 and 24, Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No, no, no one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Isn't this amazing? Because he had a different spirit. 
Because he said, in spite of my origin, in spite of the fact that I'm outvoted, in spite of the fact that I have to maybe, you know, unfairly endure disobedient Israel in the desert, I am going to keep on pursuing God's promise and dream because I know who he is. I know he's faithful. I know he will do it. I'm not going to get discouraged. And so, you know, dark days did not determine Caleb's destiny. God did. God did. And God allowed Caleb to take the hill country, Hebron, which God promised to Abram. God allowed Caleb to take this at age 85. You know, we might think, oh, even age was against him. But he said, I'm going to take the hill country. Come on, Joshua, give this to me because God said, this is God's promise. And I, w- I believe God wants to see this fulfilled th- through my life. I can do this. I'm going to do it. And he keep, kept on pursuing God's promise. So I want to encourage you this morning, do not give up when you feel rejected, when you feel outvoted, when you feel it's unfair. Don't give up. Just keep on pursuing God's dream. In Philippians, Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 13 to 14, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have laid a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. I'm going to put behind me all these things. The fact that they don't recognize my opinion. Nobody took my advice. I was outvoted. I had to, you know, wander in the desert for years. I'm going to put all of that behind me and keep on reaching forward to God's promise and God's dream. I'm going to do that. Now, I want to use this as an example in my own life. I want to tell you just a little bit of story of my own life and another story that I want to use just as an illustration of this. I, um, I grew up in South Africa. You know, I'm just this single girl coming from a very poor family in Africa. Um, I did grow up, grew up in a home where we were very poor. I never had nice clothes to wear. I was af- ashamed to take my friends to my house uh, because of the horrible situation at house. I was never on the student council in school. I was never the choice for any team because I could hardly run and catch a ball. Um, I was um, I I was too shy to speak in public. If you know s- in school you have to do public speaking in school, we call it oral exam, and you have to get up in front. And I always begged my teacher, please don't let don't let me do this. And I cried, and she just ref- you know she made me suffer through it. And um, uh, so life wasn't easy for me as as I grew up. I didn't have many friends. I never had any titles. Um, But God, I'm so thankful that God doesn't look at our family history, where we come from. I'm so thankful that he allows me to serve him in the nations and to make his name great in the nations and to see the privilege of him fulfilling his dream for Russia and and all these places where we serve from Mongolia and he allows me to be a part of that. God is so amazing that he can use someone that is absolutely nobody and he can use us for his glory. Isn't that amazing? I want to use an another illustration just um this uh, maybe you know the story of Dr. William Leslie. He was a, a a medical missionary who went to the Republic of Congo in 1912. 
he went there and uh, started preaching the gospel, served the people, really did so many amazing things, helping them um, medically, just helping them to cure such simple diseases, taught them how to feed their babies, how to clean their water, saved many lives, and yet nobody came to know Jesus. He was there for 17 years, serving faithfully, and he didn't really see any results. He got so discouraged, he gave up on the dream. He went back, he came back to the United States. Um, he lived here for another nine years, and then he passed away, still feeling that he failed, that he missed God's dream, he missed God's promise. But in 2010, so he worked among the Yansi people in Congo, in 2010, there was a group who decided, you know, we know about Dr. William Leslie who went in, and, and maybe others have tried, but, but we don't have, as far as we know, the Yancey people are still completely unreached with the gospel. We're going to make an outreach team to go to the Yancey people. So they made an outreach team. They went there in 2010. And this is deep in Africa, in the jungles. You know, you cannot just drive there. They had to walk by foot many miles, go on canoes, you know, just tracking through the jungle to reach these Yansi villages. When they got to the first village, they were amazed. There was a thriving church. So they went to the second village, to the third village. They went to eight villages, and in every Yansi village, they found, found a thriving, multiplying, growing church. And they said, where did this come from? Why, how did you hear the gospel? Who came here? And so as they started investigating, finding out what was happening, who did this, they realized that this came from Dr. William Leslie, that actually there were one or two or three who heard the gospel. And when Dr. William Wesley left, they kept on preaching Jesus. And there's these thriving churches among the Yansi. I'm just thinking, you know, this is... 84 years later, after he left there and maybe felt such a failure, and God said, this was my dream, my promise, and I will fulfill it. Even though he gave, I think he's going to get such a surprise, you know, when Jesus shows him, look at all these people, when, when one day at the end, all the Yancey will stand and worship Jesus, he said, all these people are here because of you. So let's, sometimes we feel, you know, we don't see the results, we get discouraged, we feel, you know, maybe it's me, I'm, I just don't have the abilities. I look at my origin, where I come from, my inabilities, and I think, Lord, I can just not do it. Or we feel outvoted, we feel, you know, I, I wanted to do this, but my church said no, or I wanted to do that, and I didn't get the support for it. Or we feel, you know, we feel treated unfairly, even in in spite of all of that, we really want to encourage you this morning. Maybe God gave you some promises about your family, family that's still unsaved. Maybe he has given you some promises about this church, you know, dreams that he has put in your heart. Maybe about your ministry, maybe about a business, um, you know, maybe, maybe different things that, that God has promised you and you haven't seen the fulfillment of that dream yet. Then we want to just encourage you this morning, don't give up. Hold on to God's promise. He will fulfill it. Don't get discouraged. Just hold on to the, keep on, Caleb got it because he kept on pursuing. He didn't give up, he kept on pursuing. And I think that's the one thought we want to leave with you this morning. Keep on pursuing God's dream and promise. Don't give up. Because if we keep on pursuing it, we will experience the greatest joy of God fulfilling that promise through us. If we give up, we might miss that joy like Dr. William Leslie. 
But we can say, man, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be like a Caleb. Doesn't matter if I have to wait until I'm 90. God, you're going to fulfill your promise for my life, for my family, for my church, for my ministry, for what you have called me to do, for the thing you want to do through my life. You will do it. Let's just close our eyes in prayer. Father, thank you that you are so faithful, that you are an awesome God. Thank you that you do have plans and promises for each one of our lives. Yes, Lord, and sometimes we are in places and situations and circumstances where we do not see the fulfillment of those yet. Sometimes maybe we, we get impatient and discouraged. But today we want to choose again to trust you, to put our faith in you, to say, Lord, you are faithful. We will continue to pursue you for your promises. We will keep on pursuing that you are able to, to fulfill your dream for our lives, Lord. And so we just determined to do that in our hearts. We determined to be like a Caleb. We are not discouraged. You are not deterred. But we say, I will push forward because of who you are. We choose to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you, church. Thank you for your support, for your love for us. We really value you greatly.